0: Welcome to another new podcast from the Association for Materials Protection and Performance. My name is Ben DuBose, and I'm a staff writer with the AMP Publications team. One of my colleagues at AMP is Jana Schultz, social media specialist, and she recently attended the annual IAPA Expo, which was held in Orlando. Each year, IAPA is the largest trade show for the attractions industry, and there's understandably a need to prevent and mitigate corrosion on those types of high-value assets. Safety is a paramount concern. While at the show, Jana interviewed a series of corrosion experts about industry trends and things to watch for. And as part of this podcast, we're gonna play back those conversations. We'll be starting with Chris Ball of Vector Corrosion Technologies. Please note that since these interviews were taped on the show floor and not in the studio, you will hear some background noise of people walking the halls and whatnot, but certainly nothing that's going to prevent you from hearing the conversation and all of the relevant information. Without any further delay, here's Shanna and Chris.
1: I think the first thing I'll ask you to do is just introduce yourself, kind of give your elevator pitch. Um, you name, a little bit about your company, that sort of thing. Okay.
2: Yeah, hi, um, yeah, my, my name is Chris Ball. I'm a vice president with Vector Corrosion Technologies and um, our company deals with corrosion issues, but speci- specifically related to concrete structures, reinforced concrete. Um, I've been with the company for over 20 years, and my position is mm-hmm. primarily in business development, uh, sales, and marketing for the for the company.
1: Okay, great. Um, so, personally, can you give me a little background about your career um, in the corrosion industry slash amusement park? What um, what sort of work have you um, sure. brought you to th- these industries? Yeah,
2: yeah. Well, I think uh, for me, it, in uh, 1997. I started working for a company that was called Fosrock, mm-hmm. and Fosrock was a specialist uh, kind of supplier of, of materials that deals with concrete, mm-hmm. concrete repair materials, admixtures, other things, and um, and that got me involved in, a, in, in concrete repair. And you know, one thing that we understand is with concrete, it's a very durable material, um, but it does have some vulnerabilities. And when you start getting into concrete repair. You end up, you know, really kind of one of the big leading causes of that is corrosion. Mm-hmm. So that first entry into concrete repair led me down a path of of coming coming more specialized in corrosion, and um, and so that's how I ended up with uh, with vector corrosion technologies and an affiliated kind of industry.
1: Great. Uh, so earlier when we were talking, you mentioned sustainability as a, as a key focus for. Um, not just you know the traditional industries that it right. serves, but you know specifically the amusement park attractions industry can you talk a little bit about that about why sure. um, an asset owner in this industry would be how, how where's the intersection sure. between sustainability and corrosion
2: yeah no I think it's a it's a very timely topic mm-hmm. uh, right now um, I think particularly when you get into larger companies just about every large company has a, a position on sustainability mm-hmm. and um, and a sustainability statement, you know, and and taking in consideration, you know, social and environmental issues with regard to their operations and being good corporate citizens, you know, I think the corrosion industry has a, a, a place to play in that um, because one of the largest uh, consumers of raw materials and, and producers of pollution actually is is construction, mm-hmm. and uh, particularly start looking at at concrete production, mm-hmm. so you know. If you really want to have a, a large impact, you know, one thing we can offer is a, a way to keep your facilities in place. You know, the, the use of uh, good maintenance practices and, and, and repair practices, and extending the, the service life of your existing facilities, mm-hmm. and not being so quick to just tear down and rebuild, will, would have a, a very uh, positive impact on, on sustainability mm-hmm. and in the long term.
1: It saves money too. I mean. Yeah. Even more direct impact, that's um, something that a lot yeah. of people are going to be looking at. Yeah, for. no,
2: exactly. A lot, of, I mean, sometimes facilities do need to be, you know, they're, they're either out of date or they just have to come to the end of their service life. So there's always that kind of aspect. But if we can catch the, uh, the structures early enough and, um, yeah maintenance, repair, Mm -hmm. using good corrosion control practices, Mm -hmm. will extend the service life of those facilities uh, way beyond uh, potentially what they were originally designed for. Yeah,
1: huge ROI on, on maintenance. Um, so a lot of people might not realize it. I certainly didn't before coming to uh, the IAPA Expo. But uh, the attractions industry—it's—it's it's a lot more than just roller coasters um, and Ferris wheels, what we traditionally think of. Um, it, it encompasses aquariums, zoos, museums, things that have a really unique uh, built environment. So, what are some—what um, are some of the unique? challenges and opportunities for corrosion mitigation and these kind of
2: structures. Yeah, I, 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 it's been interesting when you walk into the exhibit hall, the first thing you see are the the, are the, the rides mm-hmm. and the virtual reality and all the things that are going to be frontward facing toward the, the clients, mm-hmm. the, the, the park customers, mm-hmm. and uh, that's the fun part. Um, but all of those attractions will, and, and as well as hotels and parking, all the aff- affiliated facilities, mm-hmm. all, that's, that's really, you know, that's, that's infrastructure. Mm-hmm. That's infrastructure that's set to, to deal with or to support the whole customer experience. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, the first things you can start thinking about are maintaining the, the rides, but that, it goes way beyond that. You know, you have concrete foundations and tanks and, and, and aquariums. And, and all these types of uh, support facilities. And if, you know, obviously from a customer experience standpoint, they may not be the the first thing you think about, mm-hmm. but uh, that's an underlying, you know, foundation for the yeah. park system.
1: Well, and the parking structure is sometimes the first impression that people have. If, if it's rusted and falling down and crumbling concrete, that's not a good first impression. Right. So yeah, you got to take care of all these yeah, aspects. Yep, yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and I think you had, um, you had a really great a case study example about um, the swimming pool concrete corrosion. Right. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think um, one of the things that we talked about uh, with a lot of the attendees on the show floor yesterday was um, indoor um, aquariums and swimming pool environments. So that the HVAC systems, the uh, the air is a really um, a challenging situation for them because they didn't know how to manage that environment right. um, to uh, take care of corrosion. Um, do you want to go into any detail on that case study? Well,
2: yeah, I think the, you know, the corrosion field is, is a special, specialist field, mm-hmm. and when you start looking at beyond coatings and other types of systems and cathodic protection systems, when you really get into looking at concrete infrastructure, it's even a, a, a further specialty mm-hmm. within, the, within the corrosion field. May I just talk about that for a second? You know, concrete, as I mentioned, is a very durable material. It's been around for thousands of years in different forms. But really the issue that we have with uh, with reinforced concrete is the corrosion of the reinforcing steel. Mm-hmm. And, you know, pretty much at some point in your life, you're going you're gonna to go by a, a bridge or a parking structure, as you mentioned, mm-hmm. Uh, and other things, and you're gonna see some rust on the concrete, mm-hmm. or maybe some spalled sections of concrete, and the more you start to see it, the more, the more you notice right, it.
1: Right, exactly.
2: Yeah, and you know, it's it's not the, it's not the sexy carpet. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, the, the thing is like, when you start to see rust and, 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 and corrosion issues, it doesn't mean that you have a huge problem at first, because mm-hmm. you know it's going to show early signs of deterioration, mm-hmm. and that's kind of one of the fortunate things we have is that the reinforcing steel will actually corrode within the structure, and there's some expansion that occurs with the with the corrosion of the reinforcing, and that causes cracking and and other things. So, you, mm-hmm. in most cases, you can actually see some evidence of early signs of deterioration on the surface. Mm-hmm. So that's that's kind of the positive mm-hmm. part. Uh, from an from a industry uh, amusement standpoint, that doesn't put your best, best foot forward on how things look. It may not be a big problem at this point, but it, it, you want to make sure that the facilities look tip-top shape as, as well. You start taking a look at the next step. Once the corrosion issue is not addressed and it starts gets larger, and unfortunately, you know, we've had a few examples you know, lately of, of structural failures. And you know, not only in, you know, we've had some issues with bridges and parking structures. More recently, a, a building, um, you know, that it's really you know, hopefully, by take, maintaining our facilities, we never get even close to that that issue. Mm-hmm. And you know, one just one example of a, of a you know, we had a we were involved in a project a few years ago. Where it was uh, uh, basically a, 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 a facility that had a, a, a swimming pool mm-hmm. as at an amusement facility. and you know in the mechanical room of the swimming pool you have a lot of chemicals and you know for water treatment and, and, and whatnot and those are generally some types of salts and if you have moisture you have salt exposure, uh, you know eventually that penetrates into the concrete and starts causing corrosion issues and and uh, fortunately, this was not really in a visible part of the of the, mm. of the park, but it's a, you end up with widespread corrosion um, and, and spalling of the concrete. So the good the good news is that you know you can fix that. You know I would just encourage people to engage with somebody who knows you know mm-hmm. what they're doing. Um, come to an organization like like AMP or you know some of the members who have. Uh, specialty and in, in concrete corrosion, mm-hmm. um, work with engineers to really kind of have an understanding of what the cause of the problem is to begin right. with, so that you just don't don't jump into a solution that's just a short term. Mm-hmm. You know, you want to have something that you understand what the cause of the problem is. You you ha- you design a, a, a long lasting repair, and you know, in that situation, they ended up utilizing some cathodic protection, mm-hmm. which is kind of a, it's a technology that's been around for a, a long time. Uh, that's been used for ships and for pipelines and, and marine yeah. facilities uh, but you can also use similar types of techniques in, in reinforced concrete and so by a proper uh, repair strategy that includes you know, replacing of the corroding reinforcing steel, concrete repair, um, you know, strengthening of the structure itself using uh, carbon fiber which mm-hmm. is an, another uh, interesting kind of technology that's mm-hmm. used for strengthening facilities and incorporation of cathodic protection systems and then and then on top of that, you know, you, you have a nice looking uh, protective coating that goes onto the structure. That's seamless and slip-resistant and protects it from future problems. That's really a holistic solution that's going to last for for a long time. Right. You know, and, and it's just not a short-term, yeah, or short-term, short-term option. So
1: I imagine it's tempting for um, owners to kind of jump straight to that step as the aesthetic coating, yeah. the patch that makes it look better, and obviously that will come back to bite you if yeah. you're um, if anyway, you're not like solving
2: the root. Root problem. Yeah, no, exactly. You know, everyone has some maintenance people. Mm-hmm. You know, like they're going to have maintenance people, and you, you you can see, you know, maybe doing some crack filling or other things or, or, or patching. But really, you know, um, when you start getting into structures mm-hmm. that that uh, are important to you, and that you want to have keep mm-hmm. them for a long time, keep them in place. Once kind of to circle back around to the whole sustainability thing, mm-hmm. you know, that that's really important to your to your organization. And let's uh, maintain the facilities and, and make them last a long time.
1: Right, right. All right. This is great. Um, I think we're getting a lot of really great um, bites here. Were there any other questions that you saw on here that you wanted to kind of? I jumped around a little bit, um, but we can kind of jump back and, and do anything if there's anything specifically I that you, can, want, to you want to talk about.
2: Do you want to talk about contractor selection or something? Sure. Like that? I, think yeah. I, I can probably talk about that. Okay. A I think we uh, almost combine okay. it with safety or something. Yeah, yeah
1: so obviously, like in so many industri- other industries, after the COVID years, a lot of um, park operators and attractions owners, they're looking to streamline costs. So what steps can these owners take to make sure they're finding qualified contractors and inspectors while keeping costs down? They're not taking the lowest bid. They're actually getting the job done in a way that's right. safe for their guests and uh, streamlines costs.
2: Right. Well, um, I can speak more directly once again to the concrete repair mm-hmm. industry, and there's a lot of people who there are a lot of you know companies that will do concrete repair, um, but you know in reality, when you start getting into these commercial facilities like like amusement or industrial facilities, I think the first step is to really do a, a thorough evaluation of the con of a contractor. You know, their qual not only their, their qualifications. If you're, you know, concrete repair, cathodic protection, and, and, and concrete preservation is really a specialty. And so, you know, I so just probably get some references and make sure that they have experience in this, or many companies, this, this is their specialty, mm-hmm. they, this is what they do. And um, and so some type of contractor prequalification is really important so that, you know, you don't have issues come down, you know, down the road that are unforeseen. I think uh, on the, the safety point, you know, the, the at the same time during the conc- uh, contractor evaluation, you want to have contractors to come in to work on your facilities that have uh, the follow, you know, OSHA safety mm-hmm. protocol, that have good safety records and experience ratings. And so part of that is is, is making sure that you know, just as an example, and in, in when we're dealing with concrete repair and, and, and corrosion. You know, one of the big things from a safety standpoint right now, it's really hot topic is silica exposure. So, anytime Mm -hmm. that you're chipping or cutting concrete, you know, you're you're releasing you know silica into the atmosphere. Mm -hmm. So, you really have to have people who understand uh, silica exposure mitigation and that kind of thing. And and that's not only for the contractor safety, but you know, many times, as you know, these are actively these are active facilities. You know, you might be working in a parking structure, but it's still in use in other areas. And so, uh, I would say pre-qualification understanding not only of the safety uh, history of the, cu- of, the, of the contractor, but also the experience they have directly related to the work that, that you're going to have done.
1: Right, yeah, that's important. Anything else you want to chat about or add to the conversation here?
2: No, I just I appreciate the opportunity to come and, and talk about you know, concrete and corrosion. Uh, support the industry mm-hmm. um, you know AMP is a great place for uh, it's, a, it's a great collection of resources and if you don't know where to start you can start there and they'll get you in touch with the, the industry uh, people that you need to be in touch with to head you down, down the right path um, and and I think that at the end of the day you know we're all we're all trying to do the same thing we're trying to make structures last longer we're trying to be good you know good uh, environmental stewards and and do the work safely within a within a budget so that's uh we're all we're all trying to accomplish the same thing so yeah so when we're you know, we're talking about sustainability um and and concrete uh, preservation extending the life of structures that's really important to our company as well mm-hmm. and we actually to support that initiative have developed a a, a website called wesafestructures.info and so, it's not talking about any specific products or technology. It's really out there to promote good practices, uh, good concrete repair and corrosion practices. And, um, and so, it's a good resource. Uh, also, a series of seminars that are being produced that are, that are uploaded. There's a lot of good content there for if you have an interest in this area. Um, but also, on that website, is uh, we've developed a, an environmental uh, impact calculator. So, you know, when you're producing concrete, um, mm-hmm. you have, you know, production of, of, of reinforcing steel, you have transportation, you have cement production, um, and it, they're all energy intensive and there's mm-hmm. always an a, a element of, of, of resource consumption mm-hmm. and even just think about how many gallons of potable water mm-hmm. that would go into a, a yard of concrete. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, this impact calculator will say, you know, if we have a structure in place and just say it has 10,000 cubic yards of concrete, um, how much, what's the, what's the positive impact of not replacing that structure to keep okay. that in place? Okay. And you, just, you put the details in there and it, and it, it puts out the information, like how many, how many tons of carbon uh, production has been avoided mm-hmm. by main, maintaining the facilities. How many? Uh, how much other types of pollution is avoided? How many gallons of potable water are con- are conserved, etc. So that's an excellent excellent re- resource for for people who are
0: interested in that topic.
1: Awesome, that is great.
0: That was Chris Ball of Vector Corrosion Technologies, and here to wrap up the series, it's Jana and Ryan me.
1: Let us start out by I'm um, just going to have you like introduce yourself. Just name, title, company, like. How, where you're from like a little in elevator pitch if you've got something okay to, yeah, to I, start with yeah, yeah I can go. Uh,
3: I'm Ryan Tinney I am a corrosion professional working out of the Seattle area I mostly specialize in rehabilitating marine structures including aquariums piers docks bridges uh, and anything made out of steel or concrete that goes into seawater all right um, how long have you been in, in the industry? Uh, I've been in the industry for 20 years now
1: this March. Okay and does your company do just um, amusement park, attraction, uh, or a uh, wider range of things? Oh we yeah we dabble all over. Um,
3: I would say the majority of the work that we do is waterfront structures, okay. piers, and docks and okay. bridges and um, but one thing that we do get into quite frequently is uh, aquariums both mm. public and privately owned. Okay. Because aquariums are bringing seawater inside a building and frequently as well are often built on piers over the water or near the water, they are always experiencing dramatic erosion issues and because these facilities don't necessarily have corrosion professionals on staff, they just have maintenance people. Mm-hmm. And these maintenance people have to know how to do mechanical engineering for all of the piping systems, mm-hmm. and life support systems, mm-hmm. and they have to know about corrosion a little bit, and facility structures as well, and it's this crazy job that they have to juggle. Yeah. And because of that, it's unlikely that any of those maintenance have to be corrosion experts. Mm-hmm. So sometimes mistakes get made, yeah. and that's when I come in. Oh.
1: Um, have you had a chance to check out much of the exhibit hall yet or spend time at the booth? I've checked
3: out a little okay. bit of the exhibit hall, not a whole lot. There's some, it seems like the really trendy thing this year was those dark rides. Which ones? The dark rides. Oh, I didn't see those. Like, they've got little tunnel rides. Oh, there, fun. They look cool. The lines yeah. are really long, so yeah. I have a break. Yeah. But they look really sleek from the outside.
1: Mm-hmm. I can't yeah. see anything. But. That in VR, I'm surprised there's so much of the, like, VR—they're probably a lot cheaper to make. <laughs> than yeah, a, a think, traditional. Yeah, it's got a coasters. little bit of
3: upfront cost, but it's also yeah. a little bit more adaptable. Right. Hopefully. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, did you have any conversations yesterday, or have any questions after the panel that um, surprised you, or um, you know, kind of made you look at the industry
3: a little bit differently? Also, um, we had um, uh, somebody talk to me afterward. Mm-hmm. That was uh, a couple of people from a smaller amusement park in Brazil. Mm. And they're dealing with a lot of corrosion issues there, but because of the because they're an amusement park in Brazil instead of in Orlando or Mm -hmm. something, their maintenance budgets are just not Mm -hmm. what we have. Mm -hmm. And so they're looking for just some advice on what can we do to like kick this off? What can we get how can we get rid of this? Because what we're doing here is not working. Mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of the amusement industry that's that way that Mm they may not have the budget for these, for large inspections and whatever from corrosion professionals, because uh-huh. we're not extremely cheap. But mm-hmm. right? um, once you factor in the life savings and the uh, extension, then we are pretty cheap. Mm-hmm. But upfront cost, it's hard for some really small companies yeah. to be able to foot that. So um, it, it got me thinking about, well, how do we get this information to these people? Because mm-hmm. they may not be able to be and we may not be able to consult mm-hmm. professionals very often, but we need to make sure that those people also have the information available mm-hmm. about, um, about their corrosion issues. Yeah, yeah. And it so sounds like that's something that we're really
1: starting to work on mm-hmm. at me. So. Yeah. so I imagine after a couple of years of COVID. Everybody's trying to streamline costs. Um, what would be the first thing that you would tell somebody who, who's looking to find a qualified um, corrosion expert or you know painting contractor, but do need to keep costs down? Yeah. Is there a first there, step or a one sure, thing that they need
3: to do? Sure, it's, I think there is. Um, yeah. I think you kind of touched on two slightly mm-hmm. different things. Okay. As much as we like to combine materials and cathodic protection side mm-hmm. of things and the coding side of things because mm-hmm. they work so well together, we're a little bit separated in that our expertises are typically apart. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have um, a level one coding inspection certification, mm-hmm. but I'm not specifically a coding yeah. side contractor. Mm-hmm. And there's not a lot of us that that, that do both. but. On the materials, <clears throat> on the materials and the protection side, really, it's about making sure that in a design, in the design phase, there has to be reviewed by a qualified person to mm-hmm. make sure that there is not going to be a corrosion issue on that, uh-huh. right? Because the designers are not corrosion people, mm-hmm. and they may have thought about it briefly if mm-hmm. a client came back to them with negative uh, feedback, mm-hmm. but they're not okay. inherently materials engineers on the corrosion side the, on the coatings which is ultimately most of the corrosion prevention that happens at amusement parks regardless of what type of amusement park it is the, those coding systems are, is very picky, mm-hmm. and surface preparation and using the right product and using qualified applicators is how you solve that. Okay. And you can solve that through making sure that you have a robust spec.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, if if the company that you work for doesn't know how to write a coding spec, you need to hire someone to write it for you, because the coding spec is what's gonna, it's their contract, right? It's, it's what's gonna tell the, the coding contractor what to do. If it isn't very thorough and robust, Mm -hmm. you're going to have a bad code.
1: Right, right. You know, we were talking a minute ago that it's not just roller coasters and uh, Ferris wheels. There's ice rinks and aquariums and indoor swimming pools. There's all sorts of um, really interesting built environments um, in this industry. Um, Do you have any examples or um, case studies that you want to talk about um, regarding some of the challenges you've seen at these kind of um, venues?
3: Sure, sure. I guess the 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 low-hanging fruit for me that I see repeated over and over again Mm -hmm. within aquariums is the use of 304 and 316 Mm -hmm. stainless steels in and around these um, saltwater environments, Mm -hmm. and they're really not the best material for those environments. Especially because most of the time, when um, you're using stainless steels in those environments, you're using it because you don't want to have the visually any rust staining. Mm-hmm. Forget the failure of the product or whatever. There's an aesthetic problem with everything's covered in rust. Um, and 304 and 316 stainless steels, they they don't have the molybdenum content to be resistant to chlorides very well. Okay. And um, they can do sometimes okay if everything about the salt environment is right, mm-hmm. they can do okay. But most of the time they're just not they're gonna fail. And they Stainless steel hardware gets used, boats and nuts and washers gets used in aquariums all the time. And then they're, they're constantly getting changed out and cut out. Yeah. Because if they just spent a couple extra bucks on hardware uh-huh. they wouldn't have to change about out at all
1: right is that something that has to be specially made or designed yes. um, for that environment okay. so it's just you really have to know up front yeah.
3: what you're getting into If you're looking because usually with bolts you have to have certain strength requirements okay. so using plastic is okay. not a solution yeah um there's Certain grades of titanium that you could use. There's uh, duplex Mm -hmm. uh, stainless steels that can be used, but both of those materials are less common in hardware, and you're talking about special ordering hardware. Okay. So instead of six cents a bolt now you're talking eight dollars a bolt mm-hmm. and that can add up if you're building a huge structure yeah. but if you've got 20 bolts yeah. who cares
1: yeah and you're so, doing it once or you're doing it you know once every uh, 10 years instead of 20 times every 10 years if, yeah. if you're replacing and maintaining over right, exactly. an yeah plus the cost of labor and everything else yes
0: great content there from janna Thanks to her for taking the time from IAPA out in Orlando. Thanks as always to you all for tuning in. And if you want more resources before we sign off, there is an amusement parks and attractions page on the AMP website. Just visit AMP.org and you can find all sorts of corrosion resources as it pertains to amusement parks and the attractions industry. With that, for Janice Schultz, I'm Ben DuBose. Thanks as always for listening and please come back soon for another new AMP podcast.